Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for the second, second funniest podcast. podcast with your hosts... The Kevin Miller and Justin Wush. Have fun, guys. Well, thank you, Sam. Hello Thanks, and Sam. welcome to the Second Funniest Podcast, episode 343. I am your host, Justin Warsham. With me, as always, is the one, the only, the early adopter, the, the KevinMiller.com. Jump and press the circle button, Kevin. Control-Alt-Delete, Justin. Right, right. Am I right? Do you think Sam can do another uh, intro? I think it's time to get a little revamp. Really? Here's Here's what... I, no, no, I think it's great. I'm just yeah. saying, I feel like we've heard this one. Uh, here's what I'd love to hear. I love the part in that where he is his own echo from a different take. Uh-huh. Like he did it he did it twice and then layered that. I think that is so funny. I want to hear the whole thing like that. Like a chorus of Sam's... You don't think that would be too much of a good thing? No, no. I, well, here's the thing. Like to, to this kind of music, as if there were a, a chorus line of Sam's all... All saying whatever he wants to say, and uh, maybe do a little rhyme, a little music to it. I would, I would pay no money for that. I would, uh, I would like it if it also featured Beyonce. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible, Sam. Every pretty lady, every single lady. <laughs> that's Kevin, Kevin having his finger on the thumb of pulse of pop music. <laughs> every pretty lady, all, all the, the single ladies, pirates of Caribbean, all of the scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny to me. Chippewa Indians. Hey, let's do uh, <laughs> some emails. All right. Uh, this is uh, from our good friend who said he would never what, email what, us again. Before you dive into that, what have you done in the last week? Since um, last let's week's see. Uh, I went to a petting zoo <laughs> and pumpkin patch uh-huh. with my that son. That was two weeks ago. What did you do since this week, this uh, episode? That was it. I've been just reliving that moment. <laughs> uh, I've seen Green Lantern 47 times. Uh, what's your f- worst favorite part? Uh, my worst... F- ooh. My worst favorite part is uh, uh, Peter Sarsgaard. I think that's his name, is the the bad guy with the big head. That's not a good part of the movie. There are two parts of that movie where I think the whole thing just comes crumbling down on itself. One where the the nothing is like eating up the town, and they're somehow able to keep it at bay long enough to... I just think that this just stretch. It's like Captain America where like, why aren't you landing the plane? I don't understand why you're not landing the plane. And then the other part is where uh, Sinestro is able to convince them to make the yellow ring. And their defense is, we have been, we must have uh, uh, wager our actions based on millennia of decisions, and you've only had an existence for a few years. That line of logic would only work if they had co- 
the opposite desires. If Green Lantern was like, no, no, seriously, make the yellow ring because it will save the day, why why won't you make this thing that can stop them? And them going, no, you don't understand. It's too much power. But for them to send, after millennia, millennia, multiple millennia yeah. of them deciding not to do that. It's always a funny now. thing in, the, in science fiction or comic book lore for them to say, listen, we are smarter, yeah. which is why we're doing this incredibly stupid thing, yeah. which is only for the purpose of creating conflict in about 30 exactly. minutes. And it's to like to, to heighten the human the human spirit. You don't understand. Humans have a way of enduring that kind of uh, troubling. You you should just you if you just set your mind on it, anything's possible. This is a very American idea. So that that was good. That, yeah, that Green was, what else did we do? Um, you can read an email. Captain America arrived. <laughs> Speaking of that, he did not land that plane. Spoiler what is alert! Up with that, did you watch how it should have ended? Kevin, he's a super soldier. <laughs> Now, we just realized that, be, that the Guardians, millennia of intelligence, yeah. making the stupidest mistake possible, right? right? Super Soldier, he's all brawn, no brain, yeah, 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 evidently. Yeah, yeah. You Do know? you watch uh, How It Should Have Ended? Did I watch How It Should Have Have you ever seen the How no. It Should Have Ended? You, we're going to spend some time on that after this. It's all a brilliant right. uh, web series that was made by one guy, and then I think it got picked up by stars, and now they make these little Is it as good videos. as Phillips' uh, Movies in Reverse? Uh, it's Yeah, it's that kind of... Con- it's proof that Movies in Reverse could work, because it's like how... It points out the logical flaws in movies, and then how it should have ended if people were actually <laughs> intelligent. Do they cut like minutes, like uh, movies like 15 minutes? It's like, Yeah, they do the entire Harry Potter series in seven minutes. <laughs> and at the end of it, you're like... Oh yeah, why isn't it like that? <laughs> By the end of the movie, you're like, yeah, why? Why didn't it end like that? It's pretty great. Um, How but do they do it? Do they just cut? It's it's cartoons. Oh, okay. It's animated like Flash. Um, but to, to the whole thing with Captain America, they have this great thing where it's like, why? He lists off all the reasons. The bombs aren't on the plane. They're all written in English. They're not really bombs. They're more like little jet propelled planes, and he got rid of most of them. He has full control of the giant bomber. Uh, there's, It's not on a timer. It's not about to crash. There's no reason why he doesn't just put the plane down on the ground, and instead he's like, no, I have to, I have to drop it in the ice. It's the only uh, way. I have one answer. Yeah. Uh, is if he does not crash in that ice, he cannot be an Avenger in the modern exactly. world. Exactly. That's the only reason. Isn't that it the seems, only answer we need? That seems like the most easiest thing to fix. Put a bomb in the room. Put a bomb on the room. It, put a bomb in the room, and he's done. And then like, I believe it. There's a sealed door and a cockpit, and he's like, well, I got a choice. If this thing was rigged to blow if, if this happened, and so now it's going to go down. So I bet. Oh, no. you're saying that if they would have just put a little effort into just. just another, another. I talked about that a long time ago, but uh, when I heard Jim or uh, John Favreau interviewed about Iron Man 1 yeah. on Howard Stern, and Howard Stern's a big comic book nerd or whatever. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. It. So he was like, he goes, John, I got one issue. He goes, I love the movie. He goes, mm-hmm. I think it's the best superhero movie made. He goes, it's pretty um, great. He goes, I just have one issue. He's like, if Tony Stark, and he's Tony Stark, he's brilliant. Yeah. He has all these hard like issues, struggling to learn to fly the Iron Man suit. Yeah, yeah. Why is it that Obadiah Stane could just get in it and be able to compete with Tony Stark? <laughs> and there was this pause because there's a call in. John Favreau's on the phone. He goes, uh, "You got me there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know." I, I didn't find that unrealistic though. I mean, the suit was bigger, so it seemed like it had a better 
a chance of doing easier because sort of it's thing. clunkier. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's what I it's got more that might than finesse. Yeah, I got that impression that it was just that they saw that in the design and they added it to it. He didn't. He, and he did have the same problem. He got up there and iced and fell to the ground. So, well, I think you are right, and I also think Howard. Like it is the, in the beginning. Like I guess what Howard is saying is that we. And it really, what happened? I think John's answer was is that well, we just felt like nobody really wanted to see. Obadiah Stane struggle, yeah, yeah like yeah, with because yeah. that's all you really had to have is just at least a moment of him going, "How does this work?" Yeah, you know? but in, he kind of had they kind of I think approached that by saying, "This is really good." He, he said, "I don't have much of a flair for this, but I really understand it. I like the suit. It seemed to be that the that the suit was working within it. You know, honestly, if that if that's the biggest nitpicking nerd thing no, that yeah, you can do great. the movie, you're doing okay." Because Howard Stern said that. Yeah, and I'm a pretty big nitpicker. So if you're if for logical story flaws, and if that's your biggest story flaw it's like no mission accomplished yeah <laughs> that's that's up to interpretation uh this is from our good friend elvis uh reptilicus uh sent <laughs> from me phone this is the guy like i said who said we would never hear from him again <laughs> oh you really yeah, yeah he, he said me. uh let kevin read in british accent do you mind reading this in a i'm british sure accent? yeah i have a terrible british accent but i'll try uh we should get my wife in here she has an amazing british accent where am i reading uh, oh uh, you see that movie, Thor? Uh, I love that movie. I hear it was directed by Kenneth Branagh, which made it all the more awesome. Uh, that was your guys' favorite scene. What was your guys' favorite scene? See, it becomes Australian. Favorite funny scene. Favorite funny scene. Uh, I'm not bothering you guys, am I? After I, I said you'll never hear from me again, <laughs> sent from the phone. You're right. (laughs) How come you can do that? Yeah, I'm just terrible. Look, I'm terrible at two things, accents and cold reads, which makes me a terrible voice actor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I can't sing. (laughs) I don't know why I'm not booking. (laughs) I would take singing lessons and uh, read in an air conditioner. Honestly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The... uh, uh, the ac- the singing doesn't come up nearly as often as the British accent. You have to sing in voiceover audition. Oh yeah, yeah. They want Disney. A lot of people want singing characters. Oh yeah. Oh new Thor. Um, I did see Thor. Kenneth Branagh was dire- directed yeah, Thor. Yeah, I think that's why it was. It seemed so dramatic a little bit. Like there was, it, th- and I think that that's what you need. You for them to yeah. be able to speak like Vikings. You need a guy who's like well, I do Shakespeare as well. Because that's what I thought. That's what I enjoyed about it. That I felt it was refreshing. That it was so many movies being about aliens, which I love, or time travel, or all that. To go to the fantasy genre, dump it in, into the modern world, and not have it be a train wreck. Uh, I thought it was a delicate line to walk, and they I think they pulled it off pretty decently. And and I think it's because, and this would be to Kenneth Branagh's credit, is because it was rooted in the characters. Like, you really get Thor. From the moment he's on the screen, you're like, oh, I know, I don't know uh, a Viking, but I know a guy like that. Yeah. And and he's relatable and interesting, and, and he works within this universe. Yeah, uh, Adam Carolla had a lot of things to say that I that I remember listening to going, oh, that's a good point. But uh, when I watched the movie, I think a lot of it was that I didn't really know, other than the fact that he was the god of thunder and yeah. had a hammer that gave him all his power and that nobody could lift or move because yeah. it was like made of the center of a star that had collapsed or something like that. <laughs> It'd be really funny if I really, because like, I go, other than the entire Yeah, that was, that was pretty specific because I didn't know that part about the hammer being made of the center of a star. I'm pretty collapsed. sure that's what it is. But anyway, like, I don't know... I, other than like the origin, yep. I don't know anything about his villains or right. anything like that. And so I kind of went like, well, this is not made for me, yep. but I enjoy it for what it is. And uh, But he hated the movie. 
Uh, I don't remember favorite quote unquote funny scene. I don't. I don't. I don't remember there ever being a. Uh, I enjoyed. I, I think of it all the time. Where he's like, uh, something weird's happening in town. You better call it in. Seriously. All right. Uh, hey, base. We got uh, Xena and any like with <laughs> yeah. Frodo. He lists all these sci-fi's, and to me, that sold it to be like, yeah, yeah. this is ridiculous that these people are. I dressed do remember like that fantasy. part. Yeah, so I kind of laughed. I think I laughed out loud when he threw his cup on the ground after he finished it. <laughs> that was obvious to me. Yeah. I thought, well, if we're gonna have Vikings, of course someone's gonna yeah. break a plate and everybody's gonna react weird. Uh, and as far as you bothering us, uh, yes, if you say something, stick to and, it. And furthermore. This is my English accent. <laughs> I work with a British guy, and it's just oh, sorry. embarrassing for myself. Uh, idea! This email is entitled Idea. <laughs> I love it already. Dear SFP, this is the last you will hear of me. This is the only reason why I read this one, is because it was followed by another email in response. Because here's what I'm saying. I'm not, I don't really care. I love all of our listeners. Um, and I just want you to know that it doesn't matter if you, you don't have to announce that you'll yeah, never, yeah, yeah. we'll never hear from you. It's because okay. it's not true. Yeah, and it's not. And true. And you're not bothering us. Yeah. Furthermore, I, I, I want to, I love everything about your email address. Uh, so you know who you are. The first part of it is is pretty great, and I can't say it on the air because I don't want to give away your email address because I have to po- call out what happens after the at sign. You're still on AOL. <laughs> <laughs> are you over the age of fifty? <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear SFP, this is the last you will hear from me for a while because I have to find a new email provider. Oh. <laughs> you uh. had me again. Damn it. <laughs> it's because he used such a small font. No. Uh. I just sort of zone out. <laughs> but I have two things to say. I'm not here just for Sly 4. I found this after your KFC sketch got to YouTube, and I will listen till, well, not till anything, to. I don't know what the two is for. Uh, oh, no, this is the second question. Two. I want to hear your opinions on my comic strip. It's about 24 animals all living with each other in a mansion, but only four are the main protagonists. Jake, a wisecracking wolf dog, con man, Daisy, a cowardly German shepherd, and Chase, a brainy uh, tabby cat. Oh, and Paris, a karate black cat. (laughs) Keep doing this. Bye. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, I'll read that. I just want to see what happens when people stop being nice and start getting real. (laughs) <laughs> that's, all, that's all I want to know. Uh, you know what? He brings up a good point. That's the second person we've gotten an email uh, in the past couple episodes that said they found us through the YouTube channel. Yeah. We should we should either talk offline or generate more content that people can animate well uh, to end up on the on the YouTube. Well, I know that maybe I, we should make a YouTube. channel. We can make a YouTube channel that people can upload to. It, what, what are, oh, I see what you're saying. And people can add their own, like, SFP It would be like videos. Facebook, but then they can add yeah, their own videos. I mean, making these podcasts, unless we're going to do, like, a separate bonus track for the YouTube channel, I, I just don't imagine us spending a lot of time cutting together a movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're not those kind of guys. Yeah, and I don't... I, I don't think we're very sketchy. We're conversational, yeah. and if things come up in the like in the moment, then mm-hmm. we do it, and it's funny to us. But if we got any animators out there, uh, we'll come up with ideas all day long because we yeah. could do this, and you could animate it. Yeah. It'd be fantastic. But I, I'm not animating anything. Then I would be more willing to play peanut butter in your mouth. <laughs> That's <Even> only funny <laughs> to three people. <laughs> Even in context, that was awesome. It was an email that we've skipped. <laughs> hey, me, my f- <laughs> that was funny to me. Hey, me and my friend Peter are having a debate. Who do you guys think is better, 
Spider-Man or Thor? Spider-Man. Incredible Hulk. <laughs> That's our emails. That's it. Oh, shoot. <laughs> we should have we should have dragged that out. What are what? we going to talk about? What do you mean, what are we going to talk about? We always have... There's never an issue with us finding I stuff. I used to do that all the time of who, talk about. who is better, Spider-Man, or who would win in a fight, Spider-Man or Worf? I like to do those cross. <laughs> Worf, I like that one. Uh, that was a good one. Uh, I drew a comic strip for a little while of what would happen if the Death Star fought the Borg. Uh, and I had this whole three storyline arc of in the first one, you know, they they're meeting each other. The, the Borg just shows up because of some parallel universe thing and they show up and then they they send out the TIE fighters and then eventually the Borg sh- come into the uh, Death Star and they assimilate like a, a Wookiee and they assimilate Ooh. this. And then eventually they they try to assimilate Darth Vader after a pretty bitchin' fight. And then in episode... Realize he's already Borg. Exactly. Then they go into episode two and in episode two it's the Borg nanites versus the Metachlorians. <laughs> this is my whole idea. The whole movie takes place in a microscope? Well, it was a comic strip. So like it's all inside Darth Vader's body oh, or, or is this schnapps. entire battle. I was like, actually... And then... I, Every time I worked on that, I'm like, that's a pretty sweet idea. I should probably not use that for this and work on it somewhere else. I'm going to have to go write the pitch for that. Oh, now we have to edit that out. Uh, <laughs> a um, little while ago on the second funniest page, I put up, I've been doing these now because this episode is going to air a while from now. I've been putting up these commentaries or pictures that people can caption. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed this one off of um, three, uh, Gears of War 3. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to pull out some of my faves uh, that people wrote on here because I didn't like any of these on the page because I didn't want to play favorites. Uh, but I think uh, they're a little further down here. <laughs> Someone had yours. Shit just got real, which is pretty funny. <laughs> uh, this one's great. For the last time, I will not swip swap friend codes with you. That was from James. Uh, Samuels made me last. This pistol packs a paralyzing punch. <laughs> uh, Florian had one. Uh, I wanted to bring you flowers, but they had they were all sold out. So, <laughs> and uh, oh, and then HG Horse Girl made me laugh as well. Hey, check out my new camera. <laughs> it was pretty great. Mine was going to be uh, 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 Iron Man's mask, Sepentor's body gear, and John Marston's pose. I got it all. <laughs> That's funny. But I didn't contribute. So more of those. I, got it. I think my favorite is look at my new camera. Yeah, look at my new camera because <laughs> he's so aggressively pointing it. That's Cheers. awesome. That's there. a great idea, Kevin. That's Thanks. funny. I stole it from some other site, but they're still fun to do. <laughs> uh, this is some news coming to us uh this is uh two weeks old but uh i'm sure no doubt that we are breaking the story even then (laughs) we live outside of time (laughs) unauthorized access hits sony playstation accounts sony says it has detected a large number of unauthorized attempts to access user accounts on its playstation network and other online entertainment services the tokyo-based company says it has temporarily locked about ninety-three thousand accounts whose ids and passwords were successfully verified uh, by the attempts, Sony has sent email notifications and password reset procedures to those customers. Sony says credit card numbers linked to the compromised accounts are not at risk, and it has taken steps to mitigate the activity. Oh, don't mitigate. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's so hurtful. Gross. It's just wrong. Uh, the incidents follow an embarrassing data breach earlier this year, which compromised personal data for more than 100 million online gaming and entertainment accounts. Oh, I didn't know that happened. Earlier this year, huh? Sony and PSN got hacked. That's interesting. Yeah, it was down for a month. I would have think I would have heard about that on. Didn't some... you get your free? You know, I didn't. Um, 
uh, do the. You remember you can get two games and the PlayStation yeah. Plus. Did you ever activate the PlayStation Plus? No, I didn't either, and it went away. And I was because th- I thought, well, I'm not going to do it now because everybody's got it right now. They're gonna, they're not going to put. Great but who stuff wants the PlayStation Plus? Like, why? Well, everybody, it was free. Like, why didn't you? And I waited too long, and then it evaporated and went well, away. Well, I didn't do it because there was some kind of thing where it was free for a while. And then they were going to, because isn't it a subscription thing? It is. I thought they were yeah, just going to do it. That's why I didn't do it. You thought it would roll over, but you'd pay I thought it would immediately it. start doing it. And yeah. I was like, I was already committed to $15 a month for, uh, what's it called again, with the, the superheroes and the. Yeah, how's, the, how's your love for that going? I haven't touched it. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm yawning. Um, I haven't touched it because I've been so busy with my, my children's. What is that ad on your screen over there for South America and the creature from uh, the never-ending story? How dare you call it? That is Brontosaurus <laughs> Jesus. He is there helping South America. And uh, what, Did you remember Do you remember the movie Baby? Yes. Do you Really? With you the baby the, dinosaur, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It looks just like that. Like it, was the, it, was like, it was like a stupid version of the animatronic yeah. uh, dinosaurs from Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Kind yeah, of it was pre- yeah, but it predated them by, by 10 years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember loving that movie as a kid and being terrified of ever going to South America because of the mosquitoes. The idea of having to live in a net like those people did, I was like, why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> I don't care if there are dinosaurs there. It's <laughs> uh, another article from Bahia News. It says 91% of kids play video Video games, says study. Adults may make up the majority of game players. Oh, that's interesting. S- says what study? Yeah, Wh- but video games are more popular than ever among kids. New research shows, according to NPD, whoever they are, 91% of U.S. children ages 2 to 17 play video games. 64 million. More interesting, these numbers are up nearly 13% from a 2009 study. The number of kids in the U.S. has increased by 1.54% in that time, but not nearly enough to make up for the massive increase in game playing. Gaming among kids ages 2 to 5 has increased the most. Year-to-date, through August 2011, kids compromised 44% of new physical software dollar sales, representing a vitally important consumer segment for the games industry, said Anita Fraser, industrial industry analyst for the ND, NPD Group. Knowing how kids are spending their gaming time and dollars in both traditional and non-traditional outlets is key to staying relevant to this highly engaged audience. So that's interesting that most most video gamers are now and the real young kids. Yeah. Like really really young, 2 to 5, that's 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 young. I'm a little surprised by that. And that I would love to know where they got their statistics on that. Um so NDP. this this came from uh Game of Sutra and they did some uh interviews with people back at the GDC about World of Warcraft. They had a panel of them mm-hmm. and maybe you've uh, read some of this stuff, but I found it fascinating because we've been having a lot of conversations about story arcs within games and how uh and I mentioned a few weeks ago that games I feel are the future of media and storytelling in general and that the the word games is misleading like in that article that you just read it's it's encompasses everything do you think it's fair like i really don't i still don't think it's fair to call something like angry birds a video game yeah see and that's the problem that's like bite-sized entertainment you carry around on your phone and you know board games sam actually on the on the facebook a, a while ago i said something about you know what game are you playing and he said well it should also include uh, board games and tabletop games and that sort of thing and and I don't think they do. Um, in fact, my brother would would tell you if you if you don't play tabletop game like Dungeon Dragon, Warhammer kind of game games, you're not a real gamer because those are real games. And I and I almost would agree with him because that's a game. Scrabble is a game. He's Carcassonne. saying you should be defined as a video game. Yeah, it's a it, but a 
that's not a thing. I'm not a video gamer. Nobody calls you that. But I I would be interested the to see. The wizard was. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's because the medium was new. But I'd be interested to see that as time goes by, maybe in like the, when the current generation that's playing games starts to grow up and actually develops games, if we'll, we'll see a split between the two genres of game games like QWOP, Angry Birds, uh, Scrabble. The games, all the racing games, all the fighting games that have no story to them, go over here. All the sports games mm. go to one side. Game games, and then story-based games become this other thing, and that's what I think will eventually. Yeah, because I don't think the action category is a good representation no. of the category, and that's like, a, so. That's why I'm be interested when they ve- say an adventure, action or yeah. adventure. Like, how are those different? And it's because it all goes back to you know in the '80s when they didn't have room for a story. And why is a first-person shooter not an action game? It has exactly. more action than the, most. The action names games. are all like platformer, third-person, first-person. Yeah. You know, it, well, platformer to me, I think makes sense because it's an idea it, of it comes from platformer from 2D side scroller. Yeah. And now you can have a, a 3D platformer. But all it's mean is that they take a game in the same genre of the original platformer style generation of a Mario Brothers is type now game. in a 3D world, but it's no longer a platformer because there are no platforms. It's all it's all an open terrain. So it's it, it, we're evolving the uh, this dial or language that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, I didn't play the the more recent ones, but like because I I would like that I keep thinking of Sly. Sly yeah. is a platformer, and I get it. Like. Uh, because even within the levels, it's all built around yep. these platforms and, mm-hmm. and variations of levels. Whereas, like to me, like a game like a Tomb Raider or Uncharted, yeah. the gameplay, I mean, yes, are there platforms that you're jumping around, but that's not what you're really doing. Yeah. You're, there are puzzles to figure out, and there's a shooting and that, element. Yeah, and, and, I, and that's that's what I'll be interested to see is like a, this dissection of the two things. Are you What is the driving force behind the game? Is it to win or is it to, to tell a story? Like why? Why are we playing this? The accomplishment of winning. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, because mm. and it, like I play Scrabble. I have a number. I play Carcassonne with you. We play all these different games, but there's no story. I don't need a story. No. Like a, a game like Tetris, when they try to like it's story Tetris, and now we have a Ugh. a narrative. Like I don't care. I just want to drop the blocks into yeah. the thing. That's a game. That's a puzzle that it itches that side of my brain. On the other side, I play a game like Uncharted. I play a game like um, uh, Arkham Asylum or Arkham City or Arkham. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. You know that's <laughs> that's where it comes from. Arkham. H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, it's all his stuff. I don't know who that is. Oh, famous writer. Uh, a lot of real deep, uh, big cult following. H.P. Lovecraft. You should look him up. All right. I think it's H.P. Wait, you don't mean right now. You can. He's fascinating. <laughs> um, uh, Jack Rita loved him. Um, but so I, I got into all that to say that the the folks over at Wow were on this panel. And they were talking about storylines, which made me laugh because, uh, as far as I could tell, WoW had a very limited story. So they have these, they have writers. I'm doing that in air quotes. <laughs> but I, I think I'm being unfair because clearly Blizzard does a really good job of telling stories in their games. But for a game like an RPG or a, an MMORPG, it just seems weird that you would that they would spend that much time and energy to be able to articulate their story. Are the stories in the MMORPGs? Um Always world-based and not necessarily built around your character. Yes, and that's an issue uh, in that they really you're just sort of surfing along the story, but somehow you are in the center of it all and affecting everything. But the truth is, without you, the story, all you've done is unlock the next scene. Yeah. And that's why Guild Wars 2 has that whole manifesto about what you do matters, it affects the world, things don't just respawn and recreate. You're not just unlocking another chapter in a story. What you do actually affects the world in general. 
So the these writers they said oh excuse me I was just <laughs> I kept trying to find my spot on this iPad. <laughs> um so okay uh, they they went on to talk about a lot about how uh, some of them don't feel like the um forums matter to them like they're like ah, I read it but I don't really care what the fans say <laughs> and some of them say no I really do get impacted by the fans but one of them goes on to say uh and to, these are all guys from Blizzard these right? are all Blizzard writers yeah to Wa, uh, that's one of the authors. The characters in the Blizzard games are real in a uh, in a sense. As long as the writers and designers are true to who the character is, then everything works out how it should. And if something really isn't working, Blizzard designers and writers should be able to sniff it out during the creation process. He said. Uh, I keep thinking of Rock Band, uh, said Chris Mitson, Blizzard SVP of creative, Devel- creative Development. You jam on a piece, and people either dig it or they don't. The bottom line is you got to stay true to the artist you are, he said. He argued that creating a memorable story and characters isn't about being super clever or even unique. It's more about a writer tapping into something that resonates from within and writing from the heart. These goofy contrivances uh, that a writer writes is something true coming out of him, said Mitzen. The more of yourself you put into this stuff, the more it feels like art again. Which is fascinating to me. Uh, Sometimes the writer's heart says to kill off an important character. But this decision should not be taken lightly and should be used as a powerful storytelling tool, the panelist said. When you do something like that, you uh, you have to be offering the players something new as well, Martin says. For example, when designers decided to kill off a character in a sci-fi game, his death might then open up brand new dimensions to explore. You play fair with fans... When you do it that way, you, you play fair with fans when you do it that way, said Martins. Never waste a character's death. Panelists also recounted some key gaming moments that made them realize the power of the medium, and this is why I brought this up. Uh, Cameron Dayton, trans, uh, transmedia consultant for Blizzard, uh, said for them, it happened while playing ID Software's Doom. A wall opened up behind me in the game, and it was a demon, and I literally fell out of my chair. My friends would snowboard and have all these cool bruises. I had a gaming bruise, <laughs> he laughed. Uh, but he was proud of his geeky injury and the fact that a video game initiated his primal flight instincts showed the effect games can have on players. For Wa, it was the RPG Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic from Bioware. The twist at the end of the game was his aha moment. It was one of those moments in which you realize you can tell a story in a gaming space. I was blown away. This is a new frontier of storytelling. Hmm. It's a, it makes me think you're just now realizing that. Yeah. Did, did you write games? <laughs> well, that's I've, I felt like I'm like <laughs> while you're reading that I'm like okay okay, and I'm like because it feels like a lot of talk over nonsense to me yeah. in that <clears throat> or stating the obvious. Yeah, that's what I would think. Like that there, it's like how did you become the biggest? Yeah, and I game? and I think as part about I should have started a little later, but I think they're part about killing off uh, a character. I can get that when you're writing a story, you're like, oh, it would make sense for this character to die, but you realize it's a little like an engine. If you do that, you lose this part of the machine. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to fill into that space? Like now you've lost this element. And so if you immediately replace it, then it's like, well, then why do we kill it? To begin exactly. With? Why was it there? But there could be. Cause, 
I think what he's trying, what he's articulating, maybe they did in the panel, is it's the difference between writing a film and writing a television series. Mm-hmm. Because in a film, you can, you know, at the end of Batman, the, the first Batman in 1989, the Joker is dead and never comes back. You can't do that in the comic books. You can't do that in a TV show because the Joker is your is your moneymaker. Yeah. You have just an infinite amount of, of stories to pump out of him. You kill him in the pilot. Why even make a Batman TV mm-hmm. show? And I think that's what he's trying to articulate. It's an interesting that uh, they don't, they can't, they can't afford to do that in movies. Like, because mm-hmm. I was thinking about, that, I, I thought about that a lot. That it's like, well, why would you put the Joker in the first Batman movie yeah. if you're going to make seven? <laughs> I don't think they had planned to make seven. Um, although it, by that, because uh, but why is it that you can't plan to make three? You know what I mean? Like, is why is it that like the first Spider-Man has to be against the Green Goblin? Like, no, that's that's his nemesis. Mm-hmm. Jerk offs. You, well, Venom is Spider-Man's nemesis. Well, became, but I mean, like in the in the overall, in my opinion, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's because I watched the cartoons as a yeah, kid, yeah. not the comic books. But to me, like the overall lore of Spider-Man, like the Green Goblin is like it's him. Like that's, that's probably the guy. True. But the, now the new one is you're right. It's, it's Venom. Venom and, is and the more Carnage. popular ven- uh, villain. Yeah, and so. To me, I feel well, and then I guess that means that they built it right. But I just feel and Doc Doc Ock, so it's like Doc Ock, huge. You know what I mean? Like, so if I'm gonna, if I know I'm gonna do three Spider-Man movies, you know what I mean? Well, to me, I would start with Shocker, and and if you have to do this stupid idea of doing two villains, then I would throw Sandman in that one. Yeah, and yeah, Shocker's it. But I think the issue is, is is the finances behind it because to get a three picture deal, as they say, is a big deal. Like to walk in cold and say we can build a franchise off of this material. Remember, in 1989, if you're taking Batman, the only film or the only televised version of Batman was only the 60s Batman at that time. And Superman had just had a huge explosion and then dive-bombed horribly by Superman 4. It was an embarrassment to the franchise. So people are a little... But to me, well, they had more. They could have done... But to me, again, I feel like it's like, well, now he's taking on General Zod. <laughs> and then right. in the second movie, he he beats him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, now what do we do? Well, we call Richard Pryor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We That's get the him in there to yeah. make it funny. Yeah. No, that was the third. One. That was the third. That was the third was one. The fourth one was where they made up a guy. Oh, they yeah, made yeah. up a bad guy that was made uh, Just like weird. His uh, what was it? He was made from the 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 sun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and so that's he also got his power from the own. sun or whatever. And if he got, but if he got in the shade, uh oh. Like, man, I did not see these movies. Oh, I did. Um, and and so th- this is my point is that I would agree that it seems like financially in the way movies have worked that we have proved that a trilogy is very well is accepted for movie going yeah. audiences. You see, Star Wars was a big hit, and a lot of movies seem to do well when they arc in a three story, which makes sense. It's a beginning, middle, and end. It's what's in the film, so it makes sense to do it within three chapters as well. Uh, mo- almost every movie is built in a three uh, three chapter or a three act arc. Um, but I, I, I maintain that it's the executive movie producer saying, "You make this one sell, we'll talk about a two picture deal." See, and to me, that's a mistake. That. I think that if you think long term, which I think they notoriously don't do, like, okay, Sam, we're making the first Batman movie, yeah. and say, okay, here's what I want to do. Yeah. Okay, I we all think the Joker is the guy that that Batman has to go up against, yeah. right? So you give me a three-picture deal. We're going to do the first movie is going to be Two-Face or Mr. Freeze or something like that. Second movie is going to be the Penguin. And then the third movie is going to be the Joker. Now, if you give me this three-picture deal, we can hint at the Joker. He can kind of pop in. But it's like Star Wars. You know what I mean? Where it's like, 
oh my gosh yeah. in the next one we're gonna see like what what's gonna happen it's already you know what yeah, I mean yeah, it's yeah. already been predetermined we know so if you could you could put it together as a group so you don't always start these superhero movies with like hey there's them fighting their main guy which is what they did in the new Batman Batman yeah. Begins it was like it's the Scarecrow and then they teased the Joker and then that movie blew up and we'll see if what's her face is playing Catwoman What's her face? Anne Hathaway is Catwoman in the next movie. Oh, Do you not know this? No. I can't wait to see the casting videos to see who went. Because these guys are not idiots. I mean, these movies are almost sacred now mm-hmm. after the second film being so big. There's somebody to go, you know what? It needs to be Catwoman, and it needs to be Anne Hathaway. Like, how did they come down to that decision? Natalie Portman would be a better Catwoman than Anne Hathaway. Mm. But I, I I thought, well, she's too old now. I was going to say, I thought Michelle Pfeiffer did a really good she job. She did a wonderful job. You can't, she's Eminem's mom. She can't be Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> she was Eminem's mom five years ago. She cannot be Catwoman now. <laughs> oh, that's funny to me. Um, Yeah. I, uh, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know what else to say about this. I don't like. I just think I've always thought that I've always thought, well, if you're going to make three because everybody was complaints about how sequels go bad, like we'll, we'll stop making the biggest one first. Well, and I Build. also think for the 1989 Batman, if, unless I'm mistaken, you might know better than me that that Joker is integral to Batman's origin story. Yes. That it and the Batman he begins is the criminal that. that shoots his parents. Exactly. And they shift that later around. on. He gets he something happens and he becomes the and Joker. he becomes the Joker. I thought that that was so it's difficult. Right. But I feel to do like an origin story without like the two sides of the coin i feel like though that that same movie could be made in the third one where yeah. they do the origin and then when joker shows up they're like holy snaps joker yeah, was the is. guy who killed his well parents. it's like what what darth vader was supposed to be yeah um because you, the joker you, no well he eventually did not laugh if you watch if you watch the first the newest three films first it'd be like oh and crap he became darth vader yeah if you know it's coming it's like ah, oh, which i have a huge i've been watching the clone wars um cartoon a, a cartoon show and it is so ridiculously beautiful. The show, I the money that they drop into the show is well spent. Incredible. They have okay writers. Like they try to force a moral and always get distracted halfway through, and they forget. Like, oh, it's supposed to be a tr- about trust. Faith is pretty much the same thing. That'll work. <laughs> we just defeated all these guys. Trust fault. There it is. Uh, but the and the it's. It's so it's graphic on the level of a comic book. There is one I watched recently from season two where the Genosians, they're like the insect guys from the second movie, were were fighting the clone troopers, and they get um they they get caught on fire because they have flame troopers. So they've got on the corner of the screen of the, like the stormtroopers finally or the clone troopers finally winning the battle. Off in the lower right hand corner of the screen is the frail flailing arms of an on fire Genosian oh bug creature going. Ah! He's on fire, and a clone trooper is over him, shooting him down. Thoop, thoop, thoop. <laughs> and I was like, uh, damn, that is pretty hardcore. That's some Vietnam stuff happening on the screen right now. <laughs> so it, it, it's not meant for kids. <laughs> I love the smell of lightsaber in the morning. But what I don't get is how they can spend so much energy in in a in an era in the franchise's history where you know the end that both sides are fa- fighting for no good reason <laughs> your hero is the villain and they tease it all the time he'll he'll do something terrible and they'll play the Darth Vader song like this is not a redemptive story at least with the first trilogy you, the rebels are fighting the good fight they're fighting for freedom yeah. for 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 their liberty by, by making the choice of telling it in the order they told it 
There is no like, oh, no. Well, wow. And I think it all stems back to the issues with the Clone Wars and what the Clone Wars ended up being. That they, It's not the Clone Wars. It's the Clone Army Wars against mm-hmm. the droid. droid that would be the clone, clone droid wars. The Clone Wars. Am I wrong that it, like, is it that the Clone Wars was kind of a throwaway, like, what do we call this? Oh, we'll call it the Clone Wars. Pretty much. I'm sure that, he not had explain an, any of it. Yeah, I'm sure he had an idea, and I, I would love, I can't wait to go to heaven and actually read the script that, that was written, <laughs> the supposed three episode arc. I don't know. There's a lot of nerds that feel like that script belongs in hell. <laughs> that might be true. That is a but sin he, he, against man. It is, it is obvious. He knew. <laughs> he knew that he had for the first three episodes, and he knew that there was something that went on. I am willing to bet dimes to donuts. It was not this concept that the that the empire or the emperor, fin, you know, weaseled his way to create this war, and that's what the Clone Wars were. I, I it just it was too simple. It feels like he knew the ending to his story, so he wrote he wrote this idea. He reverse instead. engineered it because the the Clone Wars. The idea is still fascinating. Of like, who do you trust? Who's who? You have an army of clones. I steal one of your clones and clone my own army. So now we're evenly matched. And instead of nuclear arms. Or, or whatever uh, armory that you need, it's about. Do you have a cloning facility? Who's your army? How do you mass produce them fast enough? You know, are, 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 I take your emperor, your uh, senator, and I make my entire clone look just like you. What is Jar Jar Binks doing? <laughs> that's very important, right? And instead, he. I don't think he consulted anybody. I think he just took a monkey, put it in front of a typewriter, and produced Hamlet. And they said he can't do that. And then he had it's a three-year-old. Like, all right. Well, I guess I'll bang out a script in the weekend. <laughs> okay, then. Here it comes. Uh, hey guys. I did more than the script. I got all three movies done in a weekend. <laughs> it's all good. You know, and I, I think first... I'm going to go get my flannel washed <laughs> and pressed because I am formal. <laughs> I think for as long as there is Star Wars, there will be people that will be able to complain about it. Because if you hear people that have got about 10 years on us, they can go off about how Return of the Jedi is just the greatest letdown in all of humanity. Really? Little do they know that the, <laughs> the, that these other movies were coming. George knew. Some people will say... <laughs> like, going, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Here I'll show you. You want, wait till you see Phantom Menace. Some people will put them in in the order of um, Empire Strikes Back, New Hope, uh, Revenge of the Sith, in order of like good films. So, you, and I would I would actually agree. I think Revenge of the Sith is probably a better film. I than didn't Return have. Of the Jedi. I didn't really. I I mean, I get it, and I can I can have a conversation, obviously, with people that hate all the movies. I think it's just because I grew up with like I love I love them. Oh, I love. I don't them. love them with like oh like the same love, but. But like the, when I wa- my dad took me to see Empire Strikes Back yeah. and Return of the Jedi because I was too young to see Star yeah, Wars. Of course, but you I'd weren't seen, born when yeah. Star Wars was out. Uh, too young, <laughs> <laughs> not existing. Uh, when I when I watched Star Wars, even even though I was only like two or three when Empire Strikes Back came out, my dad mm-hmm. took me to see that in the in the theater, and I'd already seen Star Wars, and so and I just grew up playing them all day on the VHS, yeah. like and. When I went into that theater, when they when it was the Phantom Menace was the first first one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so when, when well in 1999, I remember watching it and I with my dad in a movie theater, like I got a special screening thing and I took my dad to go see it. Yeah. And when meanwhile, I'm with David Maddox and Chris Goodrum out in, in San, San Jose. Marin, yeah, no, Marin I was in Stockton. Um, <laughs> my dad when I when Liam Neeson plunges when you just see from the backside yeah. of that door the lightsabers cutting through the door slowly. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was so happy. Yeah, I just yeah, remember yeah. in that moment, I wanted to grab my dad like I was three years old again and go, yeah. ah! Like no, that. it was great. And I and was 20 something. I that. saw it five times in the theater. Don't get me wrong. I, I loved it. And then when I went back and they did the rest of the films, you're like, 
If you watch that in context of the first three, this movie has nothing to do with the rest of them. <laughs> Phantom Menace looks like an ABC family film yeah. that they got the, the rights to, and they're like, and here is something Star Warsy, and there are pod racing. We it's need Star kill, Wars! We need to kill two hours where we introduce a guy named Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. to a guy named Anakin and he, Skywalker. He'll, he'll defend that. He'll say that he, he when they said... Uh, here's what you need to do. He said, I want to do the first film as just the child. And they said that you need to do that as a backstory for like 10 minutes. He said, no, I, I want to do it this way. He says, I, and he, he'll claim, I think I have enough popularity to get away with it and the movies will still survive. But this is the vision that I have. Like, if that is true, if that's not him backed in the corner, I can respect that. You know what he really needs to defend? The fact that he doesn't wear a belt and tucks in his shirt. <laughs> yeah. That's no what kidding. he really needs to defend, What's George. up with that? Yeah, come on now. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. We get Don't the casual, revile him. We get the casual uh, flannel look, but throw a belt on, dude. Nobody needs to see your, your button struggle. All right, oh, man. Because you're so, six blockbuster I think uh, he only does that for, movies in. I think he only does that for the for the movies. It's six. He has a lot. I mean, don't forget he's got Indiana Jones. He is George Wait, Lucas. He was attached to those? Attached to those? Are you being funny? <laughs> <laughs> you had me. Damn it. <laughs> Let's not forget about that THX masterpiece. <laughs> What? 1109 or 62? whatever Where were you in 62? No. He had, that's a real movie. The THX was his film project. Who are you talking to? Uh, I thought I was talking to Kevin Miller. Who yeah. am I talking to? <laughs> Who aren't you talking to? Um, Do you ever see... Uh, George Lucas? <laughs> that is true. Do you ever see uh, George Lucas in love? No. I, I, uh, or no, you know what I want to get... Uh, uh, I've never saw that, but um, <laughs> George Lucas in Love is a parody of Shakespeare in Love and uh, Star Wars, in which it shows the how George Lucas was inspired to create Star Wars. I'm sure it's on YouTube. George Lucas in Love, right I here. Have, look on the thing. It's this is a, a new movie that's coming out very soon. I think you could get it on uh, Blockbuster on demand nice. or Amazon on demand. The People versus George Lucas. Who are the people? Uh, I think it, if I remember reading the thing, uh, let's that's see cool if it, the official trailer. For it here, is this going to be worth seeing? Does George mean anything to you? I, I owe George a lot. <laughs> Not in a legal sense. George appeals to the <laughs> child in everybody. That guy unlocked a generation's imagination. I don't really get that, man. I imagine George in a, in a crystal castle drinking margaritas, lying on a bed made of people. A lot of people <laughs> view George Lucas as the Antichrist. Yeah. George Lucas, who uh, Shaitan and Sagir, is a little devil disguised as a false prophet. The evil genius of marketing. Return of the Jedi was the beginning of merchandising, and then the whole thing became super commercial from then onwards. He's just throwing stuff out, we're going. More. Come on, George. More. I'm a bit disappointed. (laughs) I think that's by my house. I mean, how can you not feel bad to have people who love you and worship you as a god like turn against you as if you're some sort of fallen angel? You know, has he fulfilled his destiny or has he destroyed his legacy? I think when you get specialists who are absolute devotees, you're wide open to criticism. The hatred that people claim they have for the new films proves how profoundly they love them. To me and to many other people, that Star Wars was a bit of a curse. He had a pile of scripts <laughs> that he would show me. He would never let me read them. And he would say, these are the movies I'm going to make. None of those movies have been made. There's a lot of pressure <laughs> on George Lucas to make these because it's, they're business ventures. Star Wars is my story. Wow. Just like my house is you know, my house. 
So if I want to paint my house green, even if everyone else thinks it should be red, guess what? I'm going to paint it Jar Jar. <laughs> People hate Jar Jar Binks. They hate him now. People are going to be looking at these films in 50 years, and 100 years. They're going to hate him too. When we're in retirement homes arguing about things, we'll be having a conversation about what went wrong with the Phantom Menace. If he wants to fix something, go back and redo Howard the Duck. I saw no kidding. I hate even saying things like I just said because it sounds like I'm being mean to Lucas, and I love him. Cut the man some slack. His people, man. That's George. That's George. I don't think he's raped anyone's childhood, frankly. That's a little overdramatic, isn't it? <laughs> really? Thanks, obvious person. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> you right, right? Yeah, I spit on myself. Oh, I can't wait to watch that. Mr. Lucas, sir, we the fans, the true fans of your franchise, salute you. Coming soon to a theater not too far away, far, far away from you. Like next door. Yeah, I don't think it's had to be a limited release because it's supposed, it says slated for release in 2010. The People versus George Lucas delves into the impassionate, impassioned feelings and opinions expressed by fans and foes of legendary screen icon George Lucas and the many debates surrounding his legacy. Don't forget that you could still send us your own films and interviews until September 30, 2009. Too late. I was going to say that's a while ago. Uh, that is fascinating. That a whole documentary, which like, is I'm probably going to watch that this weekend on a plane when I, I have to fly. So I'm going to I'm going to rent it on the, get that. the on the tunes of I. You know what's so fascinating as well, uh, and I want you'll have to tell me if it touches on it, or maybe I'll watch it myself. But it was also the um, uh, D Day for Eastern philosophies within American culture. Uh, Star Wars was the beginning of the idea of um, integrated spiritualism, that mm-hmm. like Middle Eastern and Hindu and Buddhism. Prior to, to Star Wars, that, those were foreign concepts and not, not accepted within American culture. And you see since then, like, since Star Wars became so popular, now a lot of, most most movies inco- and stories incorporate this sense of like all, everything being connected um which is not a not a christian idea at all and and prior to those films all of our americana was grown out of a christian uh, belief so since star wars the uh, all this concept of like uh, what was the movie that just came out with uh, by what's his bucket the terrible one avatar uh same thing of like the world tree and all this and it's fascinating because we still as a culture can't let go of the christian philosophies completely because the uh, there's always like a sense of hope which is a christian philosophy not a, an eastern philosophy or um of redemption also not a, 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 a philosophy from the east and it's like this weird kind of middle ground that americans are are stuck in between of the of our roots as a as a culture and also the this very enticing thing. So I wonder if the the Star Wars documentary will touch on that at all, because folks that are old enough will tell you they could see the shift in culture go from when uh, they uh, one uh, professor talked about it being vacation Bible school camp for for Eastern philosophies that they would go to, to like a vacation Bible school. You go and see this movie for two hours, and then go get your arts and craft, which is like an R two D two cup or an action <laughs> figure, and then you come home and play with them and reinforce these values. And now here we are, thirty years later, and it's just it's it's accepted. It's it's expected within our culture to be like uh, Buddhist about things. Of yeah, yeah, like it, 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 that everything happens for a reason, and there's, a there's a, yeah, exactly, and the natural binding energy, all that stuff about the force it was all brand new at the time. It was like 
you look at cinema, look at films. It was not around in anything, and then that started, and now it's it's so expected. it is unfair to call him the Antichrist then, because that's not what he did. <laughs> he's the anti Buddha. No, he's the pro Buddha. He's a skinny Buddha. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you ruin Buddhism, as far as no. his fans are concerned, that's what I'm saying. I mean, l- factually, oh, <laughs> he supported it. No, I but see. But he also like I, I bet you there's a Buddhist somewhere going. No, no, that's not what we meant. You know, I, I think it, it, it's closer to Buddhism than it is to Christianity. Like yeah. the idea oh, yeah. of yeah, it, like it, if there's a meter between the two, it's going to tip over. Finding that a way. center, finding your calm. Oh, yeah. It's not based on anything. Like yeah. they, what was it? Je, like the Jedi's aren't allowed to be married. Or yeah, yeah, all that kind fall of stuff. In love. Yeah. They don't have emotion. Right, right, right. The more that they could just be at peace. That's what their job yeah. is. And I, I think it confuses us as a culture because we we still maintain these. Um, uh, Judeo-Christian values within it, because that's our, that's just what we were for 200 years. I also think it's accurate. But then you blend in the these other philosophies, and we, in pop culture, are very confused through it. Hmm. Are you... Uh, I want to change subject a little bit. Do we have time? <laughs> sure, yeah, we have you can time. talk about whatever you want. No, I, well, this is well, your podcast. No, it's not. You want to make the house your green. Podcast. Everybody is telling you to paint it red. You're going to paint it Jar Jar. <laughs> What's funny is that that was an animated thing, Like, but it kind of it sounded like George. It was pretty rock. spot on, and it made me laugh. I didn't see it coming. I'm going to paint it Jar Jar. <laughs> I want to hear more about what that guy said. He goes, he showed me all these scripts. These are the movies I want to make, and he has not made any of those movies. Uh, like, I'd be interested. Because, like, it's... I've heard stories and and I believe them to be true. Like like American Graffiti, yeah. was made off of a dare by Francis Ford Coppola, mm. where he said, "Sure, you make these Star Wars movies and these weird sci-fi, you know, things. I bet you couldn't just make a fluffy, you know, comedy." And so he's Wait, like, am I, "What's the one American Graffiti? I thought predated Star Wars. Am I don't I, think it did. I, maybe I'm th- maybe I don't know the name of the movie because I think that's why Harrison Ford." Uh, no. no, Harrison Ford was discovered on American Graffiti. Yeah, exactly, which predated Star Wars. Well, yeah. Uh, the only thing I can think of is that I know that he made that THX 1109 or something like yeah. that. That was a feature. There was a feature version of a student project that he did at USC. Yep. And uh, and then there was one other thing that he did or whatever because yeah. I saw there was a American Graffiti was 73. There was a documentary that he had uh, that he had made because he well that's what it was he had made because I think also that they wanted. The studio came to him and said, we want a fluffy, yeah. lighthearted movie. And he said, I'll make this movie, American Graffiti, if you greenlight yes. this movie, yeah, Star yeah, yeah, Wars. Yeah. And um, But again, I thought, like, I think it was a dare, because I guess maybe it's because he had the scripts. Maybe I'm, 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 I know that this story is true. You sure you're not thinking of Scientology? Mm. <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola does look like L. Ron Hubbard. They are And the George same Lucas person. looks like Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> no but my point was is that uh i just thought it was my is that i thought it was interesting that the idea of this this documentary was that there was a collective of directors that all came from the same school and the same area of california all at the same time it was francis ford coppola spielberg uh lucas (laughs) there's one other one that i'm forgetting and that they were real friendly with each other and that you know and and i remember that being a storyline i'm like oh how interesting that this humongous movie uh, that it's about my town yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah. and the and the the social aspect Have you seen of it? my town. Oh yeah. Do you think it's accurate? Uh, I don't know of I mean, that were... time, but I mean, um, I mean, they geographically they mentioned <laughs> the right cities better than the Lacey Peterson uh, made for TV movie. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. You didn't grow a forest overnight. No, <laughs> but and I think that there's there's a there's a drive through that they use that um, is not like it's supposed to be this what used to be the A yeah. and W drive through that was really popular for cruisers on Graffiti Weekend, which yeah. was always the weekend after high school got out. That was ah, the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, you had a question. 
Uh, I don't remember it now. No, I yeah, was looking stuff. forward to it. But well, I guess so. I think I was just saying that that um, oh that whatever ha- that's what it was. Whatever happened to those movies? Like if he if he yeah. could be dared to make this movie, and then he had all these other ideas. Like why isn't he making other movies? Why should he? Because he wants to make movies. Meh. He doesn't, is what you're saying? <laughs> well, I mean, why should he? He's he's probably, depending on what metrics you use or whatever, but he's arguably the most successful director in the history of man. For the, the number of worshippers he has, he's kind of done. Like, there's no, at this point, he can make stuff. He can just do it at will. You see it all over the place whenever he does anything. It just smacks of the lack of effort. It's not about creating art. It was just, that's what I wanted to do. We're seeing his... his um, his effort level, like what he's really invested in and interested in doing. We saw it real fast because there was no reason why they didn't make another Star Wars movie three years after the after Return like of the Jedi. Like do the final trilogy. Yeah, why not do it in 1986? Why not do it in 1989? And you could tell he had some issues with his family and stuff, and he was tired. He'd been a big six-year run of some really important and big stuff. But why not later? Why not in 91? Why did he wait 16 years? In another documentary that I saw was that the the family thing, like he had a moment where he wanted to be more involved with his daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and that I heard somebody else talk about him, like a nerd documentary, where they said that he's really into his kid, and that's why he's falling off the radar. And then recently... That his passion had been more about, like with ILM, he was yeah. more involved in that. That he was interested yes. in pushing the technology of making film, and I, and I believe more that's than he true. was interested and, in telling. And that's stories. what I'm saying. That's what he's more interested in. He's, uh, he's on he's that not side interested of it. in making movies. He just wants right. to do the because that's what we saw is that the, uh, you know the special effects in the industry had jumped and they're in everything. You watch a movie and it's like it's either a Muppet movie or an ILM film. Yeah. And uh, whereas you look at J.J. Abrams and he can't stop. He's like, I got. I didn't <laughs> give that what it deserved. It's either a Muppet movie or ILM. That's it. <laughs> That is hilarious. <laughs> right? That is hilarious. Once it, well, that's what the first ones were. They were Muppet movies, know, and now, it, now they're Pixar movies. No, I, well, what I translated it to be was that every movie is either a Muppet movie, or it's if you're doing special effects, yeah. it's Muppets, or it's industrial light and magic. That's, that's it. That was my point. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's thanks. great. You broke it down. Well done. Uh, <laughs> I'm here for you, listeners. <laughs> you are welcome. Uh, oh, should. I killed you. I killed you for I don't remember what I was going to say. All right. Well, this is why we need show. a showrunner. No, we're fine. That's under show. That was good. We did it. Mission accomplished. Uh, um, 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 I would you like to see the, the battle of the franchises. Is what the, whenever I think about this, of like what what gets to be at it's, this level. I want to. I want to see the big fu. Like that's yeah. what I re- like. If I feel like if I was in his shoes, there would be a part of me of like, oh, you really think I'm here to destroy? You? Well, all right. Guess what. Hey, uh, whoever's in charge of Gene Roddenberry, uh, guess yeah. what? We're going to do Star Wars versus Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to finance it. I've got all the money in the world. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Let's have some fun with this, and let's just piss every nerd off in the world <laughs> and see what happens. Well, that, of course, was uh, the uh, the talking dog. What was it Conan used to do? Triumph. The Triumph. The ins- dog. Yeah, when they all the nerds were standing out in front of line for the first Star Wars. I mean, that is some classic stuff of yeah. that dog oh, walking yeah. around. But at the end of it, at the end of him interviewing these people that are completely embarrassed, and they have a guy in a legitimate Vulcan costume with the makeup and ears just walk by and give the uh, the Vulcan symbol and then flip everybody off <laughs> <laughs> and just walk by and flip them all off. And they're like, and they eat it up. Boo! 
Like they're not the same thing. My like, favorite, my favorite line from that is when the, there was a guy dressed as Darth Vader. Yes. And he goes, "Which one of those buttons do you press to have your mom come pick you up?" <laughs> you will need to finish your fish fillet sandwich. That's when he's talking to the wizard. I've come here to make sure all you Jedi's are behaving. And then he's holding a, a Mick fish fillet sandwich. Fillet, yeah, when are you going to finish your Mick fish fillet sandwich? And <laughs> only to be topped by him saying, "Arcane." The guy like they get into a verbal battle and the guy dressed as a wizard goes arcane fireball and then starts to pretend not actually touching the puppet but begins to pretend to touch the puppet's head like he's punching it and the puppet turns to the camera and says quite an imagination you have <laughs> you got bested by a puppet <laughs> oh damn it that's that funny. some solid comedy right, that's our show did we do it? We did. You, we did everything. Feel like, okay, good. Was there something else on the Facebook page? I, didn't that that I know of. Uh, it was really good. Things have been great on the Facebook page. What is that a picture of? I want to see that. Batman? These yeah. are like all the Batmans ever. All together. So you got anywhere from Batman 99 to Batman 63. Wow. Why is it? What's this guy on the left? That's Batman 99. I see the... Batman Beyond or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where he becomes like a mutant. <laughs> I don't know what he does. Why do they get some? Are they more barrel chested early and then they get. I think it's just like all the costumes, everything that's been that's done. That's ever been done. It's on the Facebook page. You know where you can find this at facebook.com slash second funniest podcast. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. All right, well, that's been our show. 408 228 4911. If you want to give us. Oh, you know what we didn't do? <laughs> Speaking of which, I just felt bad because maybe we had people uh, call us and say. Hey, I have a voicemail for you, Second Funniest Podcast, and then we didn't uh, play it. Yeah, see, look, we have stuff oh, in this here. Is gonna be so hold great. on one second. Yeah, we do. We have voicemails. Oh, they, well, all right. Play them. I totally forgot. Play them all. Uh, Got let's two do minutes. This one. Na, 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 Finish it. Finish the rest. Batman. Hi, Justin and Kevin. This is Christian, uh, first time caller, long time listener. Hey, That's I have true. a quick question for Justin. Uh, hey, Justin, do you think you could uh, accept my friend request that's pending on the PlayStation Network? Justin Comedy, I believe, uh, is your name. So if you could, please accept that. It's been pending for quite some time now. Thank you very much. <laughs> Did you put him up to this? No. I've, I've, I, when I get on there, I accept. I, I have like four or five that I've been doing every single time. Well, that was worth it to bring the show you to should, a screeching halt. I don't think it's a screeching halt. You, maybe he doesn't have your name spelled right. Uh, yeah, Does I don't spell know why comedy I... with a I-E instead of a Y? <laughs> spells it with two Zs. <laughs> How many X's do you got in your name, bro? <laughs> All right, that was our show now, for sure, for sure. Wait. Yeah. What else? Nope, that was our show. Harry that was Potter our show. versus Star Wars. Oh. Versus Star Trek. Oh. Oh. That's a Starcraft I would play. Hey, man, there's no dog there. Oh. <laughs> 408-228-4911. Uh, send us an email. Show at secondfunniespodcast.com. Uh, don't forget, uh, I think we should have a banner up there for Amazon.com. If not, definitely click through to GameStop.com so that we can get a little taste of your uh, video gaming dollar. Uh, tell your friends about the Facebook page. You can follow us at Second Funniest. Um, all that stuff. 
Uh, check out this cool picture <laughs> of all the are incredible. <laughs> are they not good? You just no, they're amazing. That's I said they're incredible. <laughs> I'm picking up on sarcasm. No, I'm not putting anything down. On behalf of my <laughs> former good friend, <laughs> this is still Justin your best friend. I'm saying, okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.